0: So welcome to uh, the latest episode of She Speak HR. So I'm joined today by Rory Stone, who is an employment and immigration specialist here at She Smiths Like Me. Hi, Rory. How are you doing?
1: Hello. Good morning.
0: So today we are going to talk to you about what to expect this year in the world of immigration. Um, so I'm going to go to you straight dive straight in, Rory. Um, so do you want to kind of give us one thing that you think might be on the horizon this year in the world of immigration?
1: Yeah. So the world of immigration is obviously ever changing, um, but I think it's reasonable to expect um, an increase in sponsored workers entering the UK under some form of visa this year, be that skilled worker or the global business mobility visa. The reason I think for that expectation is quite simple. The skills gap is showing no sign of shrinking. Um, And in fact, I think it's continued to widen in some sectors so if we take the tech sector, for example, which has grown substantially since Brexit took effect, forecasts are suggesting that they'll need to generate and fill 675,000 jobs alone to keep up with demand. Um, and that's on top of retaining the 1.7 million people already employed within the tech sector. Now, that sounds great, particularly when we see the big headlines about the tech sector bringing in $125 to the UK economy by 2025. But I suppose the the reality is we just don't have the skills in the UK to cope with that aim. Um, It's the same story in other sectors of the UK too. And so that's why we expect organisations to continue to look overseas, to plug that skills gap, um, and with that simply increase the number of sponsored workers in the UK. Now, to assist with this, the Home Office have commissioned a review of the shortage occupation list for skilled workers and the Migration Advisory Committee, or the MAC, um, and they were asked for input on this very point late last year. The review is currently on hold, but we do expect the MAC to be asking to comment again on the current shortage occupation list, and specifically whether the jobs need to be added or removed to the list, um, particularly under the skilled worker visa route. Um, This alone won't necessarily close that skills gap, but it could help some sectors access and utilise overseas talent a lot more easily.
0: No, thanks, Rory. That's great. And yeah, completely agree with everything you said. I think from our work streams that we've obviously been doing over the past 12 months, we've definitely seen an increase in companies getting licenses to sponsor people, more and more applications going through. Um, and I think this probably links into something I wanted to talk about today, which is um, potentially the I suppose increasing the salary thresholds for sponsorship, because as we know at the moment, kind of the cost of living is rising, wages um, in some sectors are kind of. Big increased. We've got uh, future increases in April to the national living wage, to the national minimum wage, which are going to be quite significant um, this time round. So actually, the existing salary thresholds for sponsored workers could, if they remain as they are, mean that sponsored workers are paid less than others in the same job role, which quite frankly, doesn't seem right. Um, and I think the Home Office will obviously need to look at this or um, we'll need to consider probably raising both the occupation-specific um, sort of uh, fresh- threshold, but also general salary thresholds in line with the current market rates. And it might actually result in an increase um, in the financial requirement as well relating to, to kind of applications, et cetera, due to the cost of living. So, I think that will be something that Um, Whilst we sort of don't know anything for definite at the moment is something that maybe we predict might happen this year. Um, So I guess we're expecting more sponsored workers to enter the UK. Um, What's the UK government's reaction? What do you think about that, Rory?
1: Yeah, well, it's quite interesting. I think they've been quite clear that compliance visits will continue to be a priority for them um, and and some businesses may not um, think that's welcome news. But the sponsorship roadmap has highlighted that the focus will be on social care and the hospitality sector, where perhaps traditionally you see more sponsored workers being employed. So I suppose with that, the businesses need to be mindful at the moment of having the correct processes and procedures in place, be really aware of the sponsorship duties, their obligations uh, as a sponsor, having a sponsor license and being able to recruit and retain overseas overseas talent is considered to be a privilege and not necessarily a legal right, uh, according to the Home Office. Um, So I suppose businesses at the moment, they do well to ensure that HR, onboarding, the recruitment teams, anybody involved in bringing talent into the business uh, are up to date with what's expected of them um, in respects of uh, an immigration compliance matters.
0: Yeah no um, again agree with that and I think with that in mind um, probably leads me on nicely to talk about right to work checks which um, I imagine I say is a favourite topic possibly of our listeners but who knows it might be more of a burden to them but we um, we obviously saw, I suppose, late last year, October, um, we saw the end of the adjusted right-to-work checks um, that were put in place. So now, um, right-to-work checks for British and Irish nationals must be carried out manually um, or via an IDSP, um, so Identification Service Provider. We like our uh, abbreviations in the world of immigration. Um The new prime minister is also committed to stepping up um, immigration enforcement, including illegal working. So this could result in more scrutiny from the Home Office in relation to right to work checks. And I think this might particularly be the case in sectors that the Home Office considers high risk. So potentially the care sector, hospitality. And I think all employers, um, but especially employers in those sectors, should be aware and should consider what they need to do um, internally just to prepare for that. So thinking about right to work audits, thinking about training for staff that are going to be onboarding or are going to be doing those right to work checks, um, just to make sure that everyone's compliant, really, and everyone's on the same page. Um, I think we could also maybe see some more amendments to the right to work guidance as the year progresses. Um, I know sort of as we're recording this um, sort of today, early March, um, I think we saw that there were some recent changes to the, the Home Office guidance literally yesterday or the day before, which we'll be uh, having a look at. But yeah, it's, it's constantly changing. So I expect that we will have more updates this year from them. Um, I think especially because the Home Office want to kind of simplify their policies, Moving forward. Um, so, I guess we spoke earlier about the increase in sponsored workers. Um, are we expecting any new visa routes to be introduced this year?
1: Well, none that we're aware of, although there are changes to the Global Business Mobility Senior and Specialist Worker route. So, due to new regulations that came into effect at the start of this year, so the 1st of January 2023, um, sponsors of this route are now exempt from uh, paying the immigration skills charge, but only if four conditions uh, are met. So, firstly, the certificate of sponsor must have been assigned on or after the 1st of January of this year. Uh, The sponsored worker is a national of an EU country. Uh, thirdly, the sponsored worker is being assigned to the sponsoring UK business by an EU based business within the same group. And lastly, the assignment is for no longer than 36 months. It's a welcome move within the business community, and it's designed to make moving senior and specialist workers into and out of the UK uh, quicker, easier for organizations to really um, get in and, and, and fill those um, those roles that, that need to be filled. Um, It will provide a cost saving for sponsors of some intra company transferees where the assignment to the UK is relatively short um, and where there's no intention really for that worker to settle in the UK in the long run. Um, The aim at the moment is all about making the home office services easier for businesses um, and really um, plug in that gap that we spoke about at the start of the, uh, the podcast.
0: Yeah, and actually talking about I suppose home office services as a whole um, kind of leads me on to talk about um, sort of new services for sponsors that might be coming in. So. The Home Office is really wanting to go digital, as many companies and organisations are, and we're in kind of um, this kind of modern digital age now. So they've outlined in their sponsorship roadmap that um, you mentioned earlier, Rory, um, that they want to go digital. So the roadmap's expected to take effect during this year, and one of the provisions in there is a new service called Sponsor Avisa. Visa, um, and it's expected that that will actually be released early 2023. I say early 2023. I mean we're now in March. <laughs> um, whether that's going to be the first half of 2023 rather than early we will see but the aim of that is basically to allow applicants that um, access a partly populated online application form once the details of their role have been approved um, and I suppose upon this coming into force employers will need to just be alive to the changes they might need to amend any existing internal processes to work with the new system and it's quite hard because they're probably not going to be able to do that properly until we actually see what the system looks like and they get a feel for it and, and have a look at it but it's just flagging it and having it i think on your radar at the moment um i think further expected updates um as well are a service called manager license service which again will aim to bring improve sponsor license management capabilities. I mean, are we finally getting an updated SMS um, sponsorship management system? Who knows? Possibly. Um, But yeah, again, just a couple to to flag and have on your radar, especially if you do have sponsor license and you do sponsor a lot of workers. Um, Is there anything else from your perspective, Rory, that, that could come in this year?
1: Yeah, I think particularly around that digitalization piece, I mean, we're expecting the release of the European Travel Information and Authorisation System. Um, going back to your uh, your abbreviations earlier, <laughs> I think I think we're going to be calling this one ETS. Um, so that's expected in November 2023. It's been a little while coming and it's being dubbed as the ESTA for Europe. Um, it will require um, non-EU residents to complete a really short application form in order to obtain a visa waiver before travelling. A decision should be issued on that in minutes of the application being made um, because it is an entirely digital service. The Home Office are, however, recommending that applicants are uh, making these applications at least 96 hours in advance of travelling just in case there are any hiccups. Um, It will then last for three years or until the date of expiry of the applicant's passport. So you only really need to do this once over a three-year period. It's not like you've, you've got to do it every single time um and it is going to be affordable it's going to cost around seven euros um and for those under 18 or over 70 it is expected to be entirely free
0: no that's great um i suppose The last point I was going to flag and I mean, it's not particularly a happy point to end the episode on, but just something that we've obviously from being employment and immigration specialists, we've seen a lot of corporate restructuring and redundancies. Um, I think coming out of the pandemic and businesses in some sectors particularly are still struggling a little bit and trying to pick up again um, in terms of their their footfall or their business, etc. cetera. So I think the level of corporate restructuring activity is still very significant. Um, I think this will continue as the year progresses. Um, And again, it could be that businesses are restructuring internally, moving things around from a group perspective, or actually they're looking for new investors or buyers completely to come in and help them out. Um, I suppose the reason I flag this, what's the immigration implications? Well, one of the main ones, I think, is from a sponsor license perspective. So obviously, we've spoken about a lot more people have licenses now or have sponsored workers. And actually, if you do go through a corporate restructure, a sale or even an insolvency type type process there are actually reporting obligations that you'll need to be aware of and report certain things to the home office um, in certain time frames and actually in some circumstances this could actually result in you or the, the entity itself needing to apply for a new license which could if not done have implications for your sponsored workers so again not to kind of end on doom and gloom but just to <laughs> kind of flag to you that it's, again, something if your business is um, unfortunately going through a little bit of turbulence and needs to kind of look at what it can do to to kind of get out of that period, just be aware of any impact on your sponsor license. Um, so I think that's probably. Um, coming to the end of the episode really so we've had a had a good discussion today and highlighted a few bits um as always if you've um got any comments or questions or anything that you feel um might be on the horizon or you're experiencing let us know so she speak hr at she um and yeah we'll we'll hopefully have you back next time for the next episode so thanks rory thanks for joining us today thanks for having me no worries